fun. We're having a visual sermon today. All right, you guys have a wonderful, wonderful time. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Suzette? Yeah, let's see. Good, it's here. <clears throat> Last couple weeks we've been looking at some of the divine things that God has given us. We looked at prayer, our divine weapon to touch the earth. We looked at power and authority, which is our divine ability to perform God's work on the earth. He's given us the ability and the authority to step out in his name and touch people for his glory, just like they were talking about. And just some of the things that we've been hearing of the testimonies that God's doing. So in my study, um, I just came across that verse again in... uh, Ephesians 6.11, and it says, put on the full armor of God. Now, we talked about that in the last couple sermons, but when I looked at that thing, just those words, put on, put on the full armor of God, we talked about how it's God's armor. He's the one who's created it. He's the one who's given it to us. And so we have to put on what he's given us in order to walk the Christian walk. So, but with that, we must take off to put on. And that's really the focus of the sermon here today. And so here's what I want to say. God's never intended us to live the Christian walk in our own strength. Never. Never did that cross his mind in the least bit. He knew our weakness. He knew our inability. That's why he sent Jesus to be a Savior. Jesus came to save us, not to help us save ourselves. He came to save us, and he's done everything that needs that we need for life and godliness. That's the great thing. And, and this scripture you've heard so many times, and man, I just pray that it opens up to us even more because this is so true of, of what God wants us to understand. God provides us with everything that we need for life and godliness. And so here's what it says in uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2-4. through 4. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So he's saying, I want you to get this knowledge. I want you to understand some things about him. It says, seeing that his divine power underline that highlight that put it in your brain his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence see he's saying this true knowledge we have everything through a true knowledge of of who jesus is and who god is and we have this And it's something that he's given us. It says, for by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped corruption that is in the world by lust. And so here's what what he's saying. 
we have his divine power, but we also get to partake of his divine nature. Remember God, he said, let's create man in our image. And when he said that, when the Trinity spoke that to one another and said, let us create in our image, he created us in the image of God, it says, male and female, and he created them. And so God formed us in his image, and that image was damaged in the fall. The spirit of Adam and Eve died when they sinned against God. And because of their sin, everyone who was born was affected by that, and not one was righteous enough. Sin, an unrighteous person cannot give birth to a righteous person as far as before God's eyes. And so we, we see that Jesus came to restore something he wants that divine nature to be in us because that was his plan from the very beginning. And so he came to do that. But in order to do that, I think we have to have to do this. We have to put our minds in the right place. We're going to look at a passage. There's multiple passages that actually cover these different concepts. But we're going to go to Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to go through some, some verses that tell us some of the things that we need to do. There's stuff like this in Ephesians. There's stuff like this in Romans. So there's multiple places that this, this is available to us, but I'm only going to focus on this one. And so these five things. We need to put our minds in the right place. So Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Therefore... If you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above, which where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are of the earth. Okay? So, it, those two verses right there, it says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God, when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you will be revealed with him in glory. But listen to what it says. It says, it says, keep your mind on the things above. Keep your mind on Christ. Keep your mind where he is, seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And so he wants us to keep seeking these things. And it just reminds me of what Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. So have you ever heard this one? Oh, they're more heavenly minded than earthly minded. I don't think this is talking about that. What they're talking about when they're saying that is they're always dreaming about heaven being gone and, and not on the earth and my mind's just up there with God and I'm just having fun with God but I don't really care about the earth. But I think what this is saying is this is the same kind of concept that Jesus talked about when he says on earth as it is in heaven. He says keep your eyes on him. Like Hebrews chapter 12 says fix your eyes on Jesus the author and finisher of your faith and run the race that's before you. So he's not just saying, just think about stuff in heaven and don't care about the earth. But we have to see Jesus. And we have to see what he sees and see from his perspective. And that's what I think it is, is that when we live in this earth and we look at the stuff that's around us, we can be overcome by it. But Jesus wants us to look at him to see what he's doing and then go ahead and do that. 
and be participants. So I think when it says fix our eyes on him or think about him or or dwell on him, it's not just to be so heavenly minded. It's just to get the mind of Christ so that we can walk this earth in the power and the authority that God's given us and see his salvation work in us and through us. But our mind has to be on him. Our focus has to be on him. And again, sometimes what we can do is look at us How many times have you thought in your life, I'm not capable, I'm not able, I can't do this? On and on and on we could go with the the inabilities that many times we feel. And the thing is, is we need to fix our eyes on Jesus because he's the one who's called us. He's the one who's equipped us and given us the things that are necessary for us to walk in the power of God. All of us, every one of us has authority. All of us, every one of us has power. All of us, every one of us has gifts and anointing that come from the Lord. All of us. And so we have to understand that, grab hold of that, and begin to see things through His eyes so that we can look and walk in this world in the way that He wants us to do it. To walk in a way that would glorify God and honor Him. To walk in a way that would bring His life to those around us because that's what it's all about. And so he says, he says, keep your eyes, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Now does that mean, okay, well, I can't think about my job, I can't do this. No, 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 no. He's, he's really, I think he's saying, you know, let's, let's focus on, on the eternal things, the important things, because we're not of this world. Because we're not part of this world. We are, well, we're a part of it, but it's not our home. We are aliens. There really are aliens. And we are them. Well, it's true. It says it in the Bible. Pastors, aliens. Yeah, I, 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 the church of aliens. Oh, yeah, we could do that. We might have some interesting visitors. <laughs> but we can do that. But the thing is, is that not only do we need to look at Jesus and understand who he is, we also have to consider ourselves dead to sin. And this is, this is huge. This is huge. We have to consider ourselves dead to sin. So Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. It says, Therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to adultery. Idolatry, excuse me. We already did adultery up there with impurity and all that kind of... But anyway, for it is because of these things that the wrath of God has come upon the sons of disobedience, and in them you also once walked when you were living in them. So he's saying, listen, you are dead to sin. You are dead to sin, so you need to die to it. One of the struggles that we have is, is because we think we're still alive. We think our old man is still alive. We really do. That's why we struggle with it so much. But he says, consider it dead. It says it in multiple chapters, especially Romans chapter 6 is huge. Reckon yourself dead. Consider yourself dead. So I've died with Christ. 
Galatians says, I have been crucified with Christ. I have been. Well, that's the only time we could be crucified with him is when he went to the cross. When he went to the cross, he went to the cross for every one of us. And he died our death. And so that's why it says that when we're joined with Christ, we're joined into his death. We're crucified. I have been. It's in the past. My old man is dead. You say, well, then why am I so struggling with so much stuff? Well, it's because we think we have to fight against the flesh instead of crucifying it. Saying, no, I'm dead to this. I'm dead to this. That's what it says in the Bible. It says crucify your flesh. Crucify the desires of the flesh. It means to bring them to the cross and let the power of the cross break its hold. That's what it's talking about. And we have to consider ourselves dead. But here's what I see happen. I think this happens a lot. We're on the cross. We're crucified with Jesus. And now something happens in our life. And we try to come off the cross and help Jesus in our own strength like we can do anything. If we could do anything, we wouldn't need a Savior. If we could overcome sin, we wouldn't need a deliverer. If we could, if we could walk the Christian life, we wouldn't need the Holy Spirit. God sends everything that we need and gives us everything thing that we need we must stop trying to live the christian life in our own strength you run out you can't do it it's impossible that's that's why jesus came you know when he talked to the galatians that's not up there but he when he talked to the galatians he says you foolish galatians who bewitched you how do you think he says you start are you going to be Fulfilled in the flesh? Are you going to be fulfilled by the flesh? Who's bewitched you that you think that you can do through the works of the law what couldn't be done? By adding to to Jesus the works of the law that you do yourself in your own strength and your own ability. He says, did you not receive Christ by the Spirit of God and through faith? And then he says, hey, Get rid of this stuff. You know, again, we go, we say, get rid of the flesh. You're dead. And when we're dead, then that means we're, we're free. That's what the Scripture says. And so when we struggle, it's because we're struggling in our own strength. When we struggle, it's because we're not grabbing hold of everything Christ has done and made available to us. It's just, it's really that simple. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it's really that simple. He's made it available to us. It says it right in the, right in the Scripture. It says in the Scripture that we're dead to sin, but alive to God. But it says we need to consider that. We need to reckon that. We need to put that into practice. And so here's, here's what he's saying in this. And so we can't live the Christian life apart from the power of God. It's impossible. It is impossible. And so that's the good news, though, isn't it? That we don't have to do it in our own strength, that we don't have to do it in our own ability. We can depend upon the Holy Spirit. It says, what does it say? It says, if you walk in the, in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. 
you won't do it because you're walking in the power of the Spirit. And so we have this. It's really awesome and it's really wonderful. So in order to do this then, he continues on, Paul continues on and tells us that we not only have to get our minds in the right place, consider ourselves to be dead to sin, we need to lay aside the old self. Lay it aside. Well, how come? (laughs) Well, we need to lay aside because it's passed away. It's dead. It's gone. So we need to lay this aside. Go to verse 8. Remember it says in verse 7, you once walked in these ways. It says, but now you also put them all aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. So that's what he's saying. We need to lay it aside. We need to get rid of this. We need to get rid of this old self. We need to get rid of it. Now, I thought I'd war- uh, you know, at least give you some understanding. As I'm going to take my clothes off right now, I do have a t-shirt and shorts on underneath here. So that you don't just start running out the door and, and, and vomiting and things like that. But it says that we need to lay aside. Some of the other translations says put off. <laughs> some, of the, some of the older translations say put off. Take off the old man. Put it off. Get rid of it because it's gone. It's dead. And so we need to do this. We need to do this. We need to take off. See, I, I'm, aren't you glad? We need to take off. This is weird. But we need to take off. Yes, I know. I realize that. It's going to get worse because here comes the nice socks. And All right. You know, when we take off, the old man, we kind of feel naked. We kind of feel uncomfortable. We kind of feel self-conscious because we're so used to trying to do everything in our own strength and our own ability. We're so used to doing that. And that's what we want to depend upon. And that's why I'm saying we try to come off the cross to help Jesus, but we're sitting here and, man, I feel naked. Well, not really, but mostly. I feel really weird this first time I've ever preached like this, I guarantee you. So, John, you're going to be Jesus, and you're going to bring me some clothes. We have to take off our stuff in order to put on what Christ has because you don't put, you don't put clean, wonderful, beautiful clothing that God gives us. You don't put that stuff on when you're covered with this junk. You don't put it on underneath that. 
So here comes, here comes John, and he's bringing me this suit. And guess what? This is, this is the very suit that I wore at, at uh, John and Tammy's wedding. This is the very one. Isn't that nice? But so, you know, it says that, you know, put on the full armor of God. Put on the stuff that God has given you. And one of the things that he gives us is what? Righteousness. It says put on the breastplate of righteousness. That's why I'm wearing a beautiful white shirt. Because it represents righteousness. But it's not my righteousness. It's his. It's his righteousness. He's bought and paid for. He's given us his righteousness. So I don't stand before God in my own righteousness because my righteousness is like this. Filthy rags is what the scripture said. But when we come to God, when we come through Christ, we're cleansed. He's washed us of all of our sin. He's made us righteous. And we're able to stand before him in, in wonderful cleanliness and right before God. And then it says, you know, that uh, I'm not going to go through all the armor. I just want you to see this. But, you know, because he do- doesn't say put your pants on. <laughs> just a given. Just, yeah, it's, a, it's just a given. He doesn't say put your pants on. But I'm going to because it's part of my suit. Part of my suit. I know it's weird. What can you say? But I'm going to put on my belt of truth. I'll do that. Gird your loins with the belt of truth. So you begin to put these things on, and you put the other things on. There's faith. That's what it talks about, the shield of faith. It talks about the helmet of salvation. It talks about putting on, on the... The, the shoes, I'll put those on now. You put the shoes on, and the shoes are the preparation of the gospel that it's God's power and is available. It's here right now. What's the gospel? The message of the gospel is God is here now. Power of God is here now. And then we put this on, and I do have a tie, but it'll be hard to tie. So I'm just going to do this. I haven't learned how to put suit coats on yet either. Suzette always tells me, put it on down there, you look like a dope. Well, that's okay. It's my technique. I'm putting this on. I'm putting this on. And it's, and, and it's not mine, it's his. He's given me every, everything I need for life, everything I need for godliness, everything I need to overcome. All those things he's given me. And here is the, the important thing is, is for us to understand that we, we put it on. It's a choice that we make. Putting off and putting on is a choice. Consider yourself. Reckon yourself dead. Put on the full armor of God. So then, here's the wonderful thing. Verse 10. It says... And put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. And so we have this. We need to put on the new self. Which do you prefer, the old or the new? I think the new looks a little better. But you put on the new self. 
And then what, what it tells us to do is we need to live according to the image of who we truly are. We need to live according to the true knowledge of who we are as, as far as what God has done, who God says we are, who God says we are. We've had this thing, everyone's, we're beautiful. We're sons and daughters of God. We're part of the army of God. We're children of the king, not just the father's children, but the king of creation, the king of the universe. We're, we're all these different things. We're friends of God. We're, you, you, you name it, we could just go through over and over and over again. But this says in verse 10, Put on the new self, which is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who made him. So we're, we're looking at ourselves, and we need to see ourselves in the image of God. We need to see ourselves as he's created us. We need to see ourselves as he sees us, because that's the only true. It's a true knowledge. A true knowledge sees what we have and recognizes that it all comes from God and it's such a wonderful thing and he's created our personalities. He's created us to be who we are and we have that opportunity. But remember how it says that we're transformed from glory to glory? When we come to Christ and we recognize that who we are, we begin to step out and we begin to move and grow and increase in the things that God has for us. That's part of God's plan, too. I wish we had everything instantaneous. I love that. Boop, we're done. But what he does is he takes us, and we, we start out as babes in Christ. doesn't matter how old you are. You accept Jesus when you're 50, you're a babe. <laughs> you're a little baby. And you have to grow and mature. That's part of his process. You grow and mature into young men and young women. You grow and mature into fathers and mothers in the faith. And we grow and we increase. And it's from glory to glory that we're changed into what? Into the image of him. That's what it's even talking about in Colossians. That we have to understand in whose image we're created. And begin to walk out that. We put on his clothing. We put on his full armor. We put on everything that he asks us to put on. And then we begin to look at this. And um, everything that we have comes from that divine ability that we've been, been given. Now listen to what it says in the rest of this. We're going to read to verse 17. From verse 12 of chapter 3 to verse 17. It says, so, as those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, that's you, chosen by God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, put on a heart of kindness, Put on a heart of humility. Put on a heart of gentleness. Put on a heart of patience. You know, a lot of these things are fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? It's not something that we generate. It's something that's generated through us as we yield to God and the Holy Spirit and put things on and begin to walk them out. The fruit of the Spirit begins to flow through our lives. 
It says, bearing with one another, forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love. Put on love. It's telling us to put it on. So it's something we can do. Put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom and teaching, admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And then here's what it says. Why are we putting on all this stuff? Why are we doing all this stuff? Why are we considering ourselves, you know, thinking about things from God's perspective? Why are we considering ourselves to be dead? Why are we putting aside the old self and putting on the new stuff? Why are we doing these things? Putting all this stuff into our life is in verse 17. It says, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And he's calling us to take all that he has given us and do good in his name. Whatever we say or whatever we do, let it be for his glory in the name of Jesus so that people can be changed and touched and transformed. But in order to put on, we have to take off. And that's the important thing. And that's why the little visual... (laughs) aid today. I I hope you won't forget this sermon (laughs) for a while. You go, yeah, Terry's standing up there. I love his black socks and his black shorts and a white t-shirt. He really looked great. But if you ever think of that, just think of who you are. Just think of the things he's given you to be clothed with and walk in the newness that he has for you. Well, Lord, we're just thankful and we just pray uh, that you give us revelation, even through visual things. You've done it throughout the scriptures. You've had prophets do things that, that they did before the people because their ears couldn't hear. That's not why you're doing it here. You're just giving us visuals so that we can see and so that we can have fun and enjoy that a little bit, but also get the gist of what we're talking about, that we need to put you on. We need to put on Christ. We need to put on those things that you have given us so that we can walk in your glory and glorify your name. That's what we truly want to do. And so we thank you for that in Jesus' strong name. Amen. And then, if we want prayer... We will do it. We will do it. I keep hearing uh, from prophetic people that all the things that we have been pressing into and believing for, we're going to see them. And uh, there's even the miraculous, but we're not going to just see it just through one person. We're seeing it through us. We're seeing it through us. So just to, just to let you know this too, on Wednesday nights we're praying for healing if anyone wants to come for that. And then also beginning in January, we're going to start coming here and every Wednesday night we're going to hold healing services. We're going to spread the news as far and wide as we possibly can to invite people in. 
And I know it's a church night, but I'm sure someone can skip church for one night to come to another church and get prayed for for healing. And so just want to, want to let you know that. And then if you see people that that are sick and, and you're praying for them, you pray for them, you know, because they're there. But if if you sense, you know, sometimes people need to hear a little bit in order to be healed. So um, if you want to send them over to our house on Wednesdays, that would be great. So just do that. All right? Wahoo! I'm glad you guys had a rip-roaring riot and learned 10 million things. So light your hair and fire and keep on going, right? That's what we're doing.